Today is Small Group Sunday, and what a great day to be able to share that news with us as a church. Uh, we're, we're, we're glad for that. But it's also a day we want to set aside to talk about this idea of biblical community. What does it mean to be connected in the body? What does it really mean to be the church? To be the church as we read about in the early pages of Scripture. And I want to talk to you about some of the incredible things that happen when we get connected to others. Because my heart has been burdened today as we are preparing for this message. It really comes out of a place of burden for you and for me. Because I feel that although we are more connected than ever when it comes to social media and technology and having... Um, Almost anything we need at the edge of our fingertips, literally, even if I need to talk to a doctor, I don't even have to go to a doctor's office sometimes. I can call a doctor and I can get a prescription for something if needed. It's amazing how quickly we can be connected to anything we want, and yet I believe we're living in the loneliest generation ever. Loneliness, depression, all these things are just flooding. Because you know what it is? It's really a, a sense of counterfeit connection that we have. It seems that we're so connected, and yet it's so, it's so thin, the connection. It's so shallow, in many ways, the connection. And so what we're going to do is we're going to just look at what does it mean to really be a part of community the way that Jesus desires for us to be connected to community. And as we take that journey, I know the Lord is going to kind of meet us in a special way. The, the, the message that I want to share with you this morning is titled, Carried into Community. What does it mean to be carried into community? And if you have your Bibles, would you open with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter 2. It's the second book of the New Testament. It's one of the accounts of the life and ministry of Jesus. There are four accounts that tell the story of Jesus' birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. Those are called the Gospels. This is the second one uh, in, in, in order uh, there. Matthew, then Mark, then Luke, then John. And in the second chapter of Mark's Gospel we see this incredible story about a miracle that Jesus performed. It's a miracle that he performed in uh, Capernaum, which is a pretty famous town that he traveled in. And when we took a trip to Israel last year, we were able to go to the city of Capernaum uh, and see the ruins there. And as he was there, we come across this story that is just so moving and so powerful. And let's just read it together and let's just hear what the Lord would want us to hear in these moments. Lord, speak to us through your word, we pray. Lord, we open our hearts to receive from you. It says, starting in verse 1 of Mark chapter 2, When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. So the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. And while he was preaching the, God's word to them, Four men arrived, carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head, and then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of the religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Remember, at this time, they don't believe Jesus is God. But Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. And he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? 
So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the Bible says the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and he walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed, and they praised God, exclaiming, we have never seen anything like this before. Man, whenever I read this passage, like so many others, here's what I say, Lord, would you do it again? Would you do this again in my life? Would you do this again in our day and age, Lord God? Would you heal those that are broken? Would you work miracles that would fill your people with amazement, with wonder, with awe? And whenever we say prayers like that, the Lord is so faithful to answer them. He's answering them because that becomes evidence that God is still working, that God is still moving. We asked the question earlier today in worship before we had that beautiful time of prayer in the front. You know, who here has seen a miracle, has seen God work in your life? You've seen him move mountains. So many of you raised hands. Go ra Raise your hand right now. How many of you have seen the evidence of God's hand in the miraculous way in your life? Some of you are sitting next to someone. You have no idea what they've been through. You had no idea that God's worked a miracle in their life. You've been shaking their hand for how many years, but you don't really know their story or their journey yet. But when you get into community, things start to change. Whenever you start to surround yourself with other people who God has moved in their lives, it stirs up something within you. and It can get you pretty excited and overwhelmed to imagine what that looks like. I want to talk about a few things from this passage of Scripture that I think will help us understand what it really means like, means to be a part of a biblical community, because I think this is a beautiful picture of it. Now, the way that I would give, the best definition I would give for it, and it really comes out of this passage of Scripture, the way that I could see us really being a community of faith with others is found in, in this statement, that some miracles are the byproduct of a small group of people gathering together and carrying someone to Jesus. Some miracles that God will do in your life, some things that the Lord would want to grow within you will not happen just with you alone. But God has called people to be around you. And that those that are around you are going to help you grow and move towards Jesus. Some of us, we think of this idea that we have a personal relationship with God. Very, very important. I need you to understand this today. The faith of your parents will not get you into heaven. The good works of someone else, the prayers of someone else will not get you into heaven. They, the prayers of your parents and your loved ones can get you into an environment where the Lord can work in your life, reveal himself, but at the end of the day, it is only your decision and your decision alone. It's your personal relationship with God that makes all the difference. But I think we have replaced the idea of personal relationship with God with private relationship with God, meaning that, that it is just between me and God. No one else is supposed to be a part of that. No, that's not the case. That's not what we see in Scripture. We see that as we have a personal relationship with God, that personal relationship with God is meant to be lived out in a community of other believers, in connection with other believers. But I think many of us, we're lonely, we're disconnected, we're isolated. We've gotten so busy with life. There's so much busyness and noise, and yet there's so little true connection the way God wants us to have it that it's a, it's a recipe for disaster in our lives. Because it, it can create places where we are feeling lonely, where we're feeling overwhelmed, where we're feeling isolated. And I want you to know, healthy things don't grow in isolation. Unhealthy things grow in isolation. Vulnerability is in isolation. So I got two pictures as I was praying for today's message. 
One is this picture of this man. If you don't see this, this is the mat. This is my, my version of a mat, what I would imagine it to be like in, in that day, that there's this man, he's paralyzed, and he's on his mat. And we see a lot of others in Scripture that they're on a mat because it's better for them. They won't develop sores and different things if they're always on the ground. And so this man's on his mat. But something is different about him that we don't really learn about in any of the other stories of people that are on a mat, that are paralyzed or the like. This man has four friends that have gathered around him that have committed themselves to this one focus. We are going to get you as close to Jesus as we can. And they stop at nothing to get him there. I want to ask you, do you have a group of people in your life whose singular focus is to help you get as close to Jesus as you can? See, we have friendships, we have relationships, we have casual acquaintances, but I'm talking about something different. I'm talking about if your life falls apart, if you hit the mat, are there four people that will pick you up at every corner and get you into the presence of Jesus for the healing that you need? I've gone through scenes in my life where I haven't had that, even though I've been a, a Christian, even though I've been a pastor. Can I tell you, I can feel the difference as I'm in community with others. I can feel the difference, not just that I have people that will pray for me, but that I have people that I can share my heart with and will take up an edge of that mat and get me where Jesus wants me to be. They're committed to my wholeness. And guess what? If they fall down, we throw them in the middle of that mat and we're going to get them to Jesus. Do you have that kind of band, that kind of connection? It grows only through doing life together, sharing life together, being willing to spend some time, open up your schedule and say, let's just walk a journey. So I have this picture in Mark chapter 2, and I said, that's what I want group life to be like at Evangel. That's what I want it to be like, because Jesus, that's what it feels like. All these one another's that we read about in Scripture, all these ways we see these beautiful pictures of the early church, that's what it's all about. It's about connecting with others and moving closer and closer to Jesus. And if someone falls down, we're there to lift them up. If someone hits into something, we're going to go to any lengths we can. We'll break through walls. We'll push down walls. We'll kick down doors because we're going to get people to Jesus. We won't stop praying. We won't stop serving. We won't stop helping because we're walking together in community. You then see a picture in John chapter 5 of a man that's sitting by the pool of Bethesda. Jesus comes to him to work a miracle. And he asks him, do you want to be well? And the man begins to tell his story. It's so different than the story in Luke chapter, or Mark chapter 2. It's a story about a man who says, I've been sitting here for decades waiting. And every time I sense God is moving, no one is around to help me get there. Because I want you to know there's some places that God wants you to go that you're not going to get there on your own. It's going to come. I'm not here today because I have done all these things. I'm only here today because a group of people got around me at different moments in my life and helped me get to the next step of where the Lord wanted me to be. I didn't do it alone. I did it because the Lord worked in other people's lives. Some of us today, we're stuck. You're spiritually mature. You're great. You're blessed. I know things are going all right in your life, but you're stuck in this place where you don't have the community God wants you to have. And he wants to open that up in your life. And he wants you to become connected because we never know when the bottom might fall out. We never know when a trial might come. And when it happens, and if we're alone, look at it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. It says, two people are better off than one, for they help each other succeed. And if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. 
This isn't just a passage you read at, at weddings. This is not just talking about marriage. This is talking about connection to others whose focus is in the same direction as you. And as that happens, God can work amazing things in and through your life. I want you to take a moment and just to watch this short video. This gives a little bit of insight into why groups are so important here at Evangel and why we have the opportunity today to open ourselves up to a greater sense of community. Take a look on the screen. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. God did not intend for us to live life alone. We were created to share life with others, to be in community. That's why we need small groups. In small groups, relationships are built and we can fulfill the one another's of scripture as we look to be changed lives, sharing life. If I can just be transparent, I think we are intended or designed to function in community. This is where small groups come into play, and small groups has multiple functions to it. First of all, uh, accountability. In this journey, when, whenever Jesus sent out uh, his disciples, he sent them out in two, as opposed to you know saying, hey, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, go by yourself and, and do it. I've always talked about like places that could honestly be my family. One of them was probably my college, but honestly, these guys that I've that God has placed in my life, they've become like closer to family, like brothers and sisters, like some people that I really cherish. We get to experience the Holy Spirit in a different way. Um, I feel like. This year has been the year to really grow up in, in spiritually and knowing the Lord a, a little bit better. And you begin to think about the power of having people that you can be transparent with, having people that you can be fully known to and still fully accepted, still fully loved and fully supported and corrected when necessary. One time I was in um, like a serious medical issue, um, I was bleeding out internally and um, I told my closest friends about it who were in my small group and from then on we just started praying about it and then um, God answered their prayer when I went to do the operation that one day and they found nothing so <laughs> I'm thankful to these people who like I've been able to study the word with I've been able to like war with I've been able to like have fun and pray with and then they've just become something closer to like family to me I started last last year with uh, father issues where I couldn't really connect with God, uh, knowing that my relationship with my, my, my dad was similar to my relationship with God. And when I started going to groups, um, God just started talking to me in many different ways through many different people. I am blessed to be in small group. I will continue going because I know I will continue growing and I know that uh, people has my back, so. Small groups meet in most of the towns in our area, and they meet on every day of the week. Today, you have the opportunity to join one of these small groups. Become a part of a community here at Evangel. You'll be happy that you did. Sign up for a group today.
Awesome. <clears throat> Those are just a few of the stories about how God's working in groups, and there's so many testimonies of, of that. And we are seeing currently some of the greatest numbers of people getting engaged in community, and it's so amazing. You served with some people around you in service for service. My prayer is that some of you will, will see that there was value in connecting and saying, let's form a small group and continue to go forward. Let's, let's not stop here. Let's continue to connect and do life together. And, um, and, and what I want you to turn your attention to at this time is pull out of your bulletin that you received today, this form. It's a small groups form. I want to just draw your attention because this is going to be a different kind of group season. I'm going to give you a few reasons why it's different. One is normally in our small group seasons, we just have one curriculum that we're going through. Um, and it normally is going along with the sermon series that we're preaching. This season is going to be different because we have eight different curriculums that we're making available to you. And it's, they're only, at a minimum, they're four weeks long, and at a maximum, they're six weeks long. So you're talking about four to six weeks of your time. It's not an incredible amount of time where you feel like it's going to throw off your schedule, but it's enough for you to start to get connected with others. And uh, again, they meet different days of the week, and there's an opportunity for you to have easy access to it because we have an incredible service called Right Now Media. The best way to think about it is Netflix for Bible studies and Christian resources. There are 14,000 videos here, uh, which is overwhelming, but we have selected eight studies from Right Now Media, and whenever you sign up for a group, we're going to give you free access to Right Now Media, and you can access all those Bible studies and content all for free. That's all for you as our gift to you. But these are the eight that we have honed in on that we believe in this season are going to help us get closer to Jesus. So let me give you a quick synopsis of them as you're looking on this uh, sheet here. The first one, you'll see there's a picture. It says Psalm 23. Psalm 23 teaches us the profound truths of a loving and protecting God. And when we study this psalm, you're going to encounter this life-changing question. Do you trust that the Lord can care for your needs? The second one is the book of Galatians. And through the study of Galatians, it's the book in the New Testament, we learn that true freedom is found in surrender, not self-dependence. So really learning how to surrender more to God and let go and allow him to lead our lives. The next one is Unstuck. In this study, there are real-life stories, and there's actually a short film called The Journey to Jamal, which uh, will help you to get unstuck and back on the path that God has for your life so you could fulfill the purpose he has for you. Next one is Thriving in Babylon. This is studying the book, uh, the, the, the life of Daniel, a man who is forced to live in a fast-changing and godless society. You remember Daniel in the Old Testament. And he, through power, uh, the power of hope, humility, and wisdom, not only survived, but he also thrived. So when you look at Daniel, you saw not a picture of someone surviving in this godless society, but thriving. And we can learn how to apply those same principles to our life today. Why Jesus? This study addresses tough questions that people have about Jesus. So if you've had anyone that's questioned or you have your, yourself have had those kinds of questions, this is an amazing study to go through and learn more about him and how all these spiritual and scriptural truths point to Jesus. Whisper, um, by one of my favorite uh, authors, Mark Batterson, um, in, in this study we learn how to discern the voice of God in our lives and uh, really learning to tune into God's heart we can be equipped to hear and be guided by him and draw closer to him. So that's a whisper. Uh, Paul the Apostle, this is about how we can live and stand firm in Christ by studying uh, many attributes of the, the life of the Apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. 
And then the final one is greater than. And this is a study that helps you understand that God is greater than any pain, any sin, any hardship that we might encounter. And it will help us realize that God can really help you overcome some of the obstacles that stand in your way. So these are eight incredible studies. And for me, I'm like, oh, I want to go through multiple of them. I'm going to pick just one in the next four to six weeks, and I'm going to get together with my group. I have a group of people that I share life with that I want to be like this on the mat with, that if anyone's there, we're going to carry each other. And I want you to find a group of people that you can have that connection with. You might not know them right now. I didn't know them like that whenever we started, but we just decided let's walk a journey towards Jesus together, and it it grew in some beautiful ways into friendship, relationship. We pray for each other. We text each other. We encourage each other. And I want you to be in those same kinds of community as well. This is an open door to just that. Here's what I want you to do. Take that form, select one or more of those studies that you're interested in, fill out your information and say, I'll be a part of a group. I'd be glad to do that. I want to join a group and I don't know who to connect with. So let us know and we'll help you find a group. But for many of you that are here today, would you be willing to form a group? Host your own group. Open up your home. Open up your schedule and say, yeah, I can do that. One of the most powerful parts of the story that goes overlooked in Mark chapter 2 is someone opened their home to Jesus, and that made way for the miracle that we read about today. Someone was willing to. Did it inconvenience them? You better believe it. They dug through their roof. I promise you, no one's going to take the shingles off your house. No one's going to do that. They have to call the church and get permission first, okay? We're not going to do but. But, but do you think they were worried about their roof? No, they had just seen Jesus work miraculously. And I'm sure these four guys were so nice that they repaired the roof afterwards. Uh, we don't have that in Scripture, but we'll hope. Um, but whenever you're willing to open your home, I think you're opening your, yourself up to a miracle, to the work of God, to God doing something beautiful in your life, in your family, in your home. And the Lord's going to work in people's lives. Your availability can make all the difference. You say, but I'm, I'm busy, Pastor. We're all busy. I get it. We're going in through a, a fast-paced time. The people that I spend time in group with, they're very, very busy people. But we have found that the value of connecting together, even if it's for an hour and a half in a week, has been so valuable that we prioritize that time in our schedule. Are you with me? So open up your time. Open, just give it four to six weeks and watch what God will do to grow you. There are people that you know, maybe from service for service or serving here at church or other friends and neighbors that you have. Invite them to come and host a group in your home and fill that group with some of your friends. Host a group in your home and just open it up so that others could come and we'll help fill that group for you. Um, all that can be done on this form. Let us know. We want to know all the groups that are going to be connecting, what you're going to be studying. We'll keep you in prayer. If it's a group that you're willing to open up, we'll help you fill it with some people. If it's a group that you already have the people and you're going to just be connecting together, we'll be glad to uh, just pray for you and give you some resources to help you along the way. So take this form, fill it out, either join a group or host a group. Uh, we would love to have you do that. And we want to get as many people into life-changing community as possible. Amen? I want to just read to you this passage of Scripture, and uh, we're going to wrap up in just a few moments, but I, I want you to hear this and, and really hear an amazing testimony of what happened in groups. Because when we get together this way, we really start to mirror the, the New Testament church. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, describe what the early church looked like. It says this, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the sharing of meals, which included the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over all of them, 
And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. They even sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, and they met in, the ho- in each other's homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. God wants to do something beautiful that mirrors that, that we would see God's miraculous hand, that we would see God working in in the midst of how we're praying and supporting each other. Again, as I said to you, you know, whenever any of us, we always look at the man on the mat like there's someone else or like they used to be us, but at any moment in time, our legs can feel like they're taken out from under us. How many of you know that? There can come a moment of crisis in your life. And when you're isolated and you fall down, do you have others close enough to you that know you well enough? Because here's what I believe, that you could fake it till you make it. You can come here to church. You could put on a, a suit. You can clean yourself up, and you could be aching on the inside. Your world could be falling apart, and you could be praising God in service and leave, and no one will have any idea. But it's hard to fake it when you get in real community like this. When you're looking eyeball to eyeball with your friends and people that love and care about you and say, no, no, talk to me. What's going on? Something's different. Here's what happened. They pick you up and they help you get to Jesus. They pray for you. They carry you through. They minister to you. We had a story of that that happened with someone from our church. She was going through life and she got news that something terrible had happened to her daughter. She got a diagnosis that took their breath away and she was overwhelmed and overcome. But how many are thankful today that as that happened, she was involved in community. She was a part of a small group. She was part of a community and a part of the body here at Evangel. And she knew that she didn't have to walk the journey alone, and we began to pray. But it's a beautiful picture of this kind of community, and God worked a miracle in their family. And I want you to hear about it from her and see the value of walking together, rowing together, being in community together with one another. Take a look at Elaine's story. My name is Elaine Joseph, and I just want to share with you the miracle that's happened as a direct result of your prayer that moved the hand of God and caused a miracle to happen in my daughter Nina's life. On Wednesday, August 21st, my grandson Aiden called me to say that my daughter was sick and he was worried. Right in front of us, she had a mega, mega seizure. She was taken to the hospital, the ER, JFK hospital. And they did a scan and they said, I'm sorry to tell you, but she has a, a growth, a mass over her, on her brain. And then I, I sent out messages and everybody prayed. I could feel the prayer. While she was there, Pastor Nancy came and anointed her with oil. And right after that, she started to improve. She improved so well that they sent her to the regular floor because she didn't need to be in ICU anymore. In the meantime, I know everybody was praying and fasting for my daughter. And I couldn't pray, but I could feel your prayer. I know what it is to be carried by the prayer of the saints. The day before surgery, Pastor Chris came and he anointed her with oil. And when she woke up, she was totally in her right mind. The doctor said she's okay. She had surgery on Tuesday, and she was sent home on Thursday. 
I'm so thankful to God for a church that loved us and prayed us through. Two weeks later, she went back to the doctor. There were no complications. She had no complications after surgery. She healed well, everything went well, and the doctor told her she can go back to work. She went back to work three weeks later. That's a miracle from God. And that's because of your love. I, I think of this verse in Philippians 1, 7 that says, your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you evangel, you refresh our hearts. I thank God for the Lord's people. I thank God for all who prayed for us and fasted and thank God for everyone that prayed and all the groups. Everybody prayed. Thank you. God bless you. All I can say is yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the majesty and the glory and the victory. Praise be to your name, Lord Jesus. Praise be to your name. Amen. It's amazing how God has worked in Nina's life that today she's standing and breathing and praising God. He worked a miracle. There were different people that were part of that. There was prayer teams and others that gathered around. But do you want to know what one of the most powerful pictures was? Someone that wasn't even talking. The entirety of that video, Holly was sitting there. Do you know why? Holly's a part of Elaine's small group. Holly opened up her home so that Elaine could be a part of that group. And the entire time, even as she's testifying, it looked like she's holding her hand right there along the way. That's what it is to be a part of community church family. We're a part of the family of God. Where whenever we're going through it, as we're walking the journey, someone is holding to the end of the mat and saying, I'm with you. And all I'm going to do is get you closer and closer to Jesus. And when we get that kind of singular focus, when we get our hearts set in that way, when we take that journey, even if it's over a period of four weeks, God can begin to change your life. So I want to pray for you today. Take a big step. Get connected to community. Some of you, you're hearing this, and you have a band of brothers. You have some sisters that you know that are believers, and you've, you've not been meeting together the way you used to be. But God's stirring in your heart. Get on the phone. Call them. Say, we're taking a journey together. I need to be back in community. I don't want to be alone here. Let's do this. Let's grow together. Let's move towards Christ and have him do great things in and through us. Again, I hope you'll host a group. I hope you'll join a group. I believe that as each one of us gets connected to community, the Lord's going to grow us in a powerful way in this season. Hebrews 10.25 says, Let us not neglect meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Would you stand to your feet with me today? We're going to pray. I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward again. And as we pray, I want to pray that the Lord would surround each one of us with people, with community that will help us to move and grow closer and closer to Jesus. That none of us would walk alone. That we would not be isolated, but that we'd be connected in the ways that God wants us to be. So, Lord, we come before you today. I pray that you would speak to each of our hearts, that you would help us, Lord God, to take greater steps to get connected. Lord God, to walk out the journey that you have for us, Lord God. Meet us, we pray, Lord God. And, Lord, we know that, Lord, we weren't created to be alone. So we ask you, Lord God, send people, Lord God. Send believers. Send others that have your heart whose eyes are fixed on you to help encourage us and to help move us forward in our faith. In your name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. Praise God. As the prayer team comes forward, I want you just to take this form today. If God spoke to your heart, check off whatever it is. If you're joining a group, if you're willing to host a group, fill out your info. And as you leave today, we have two tables. We have one at the special events table. You could drop off the form. There's another one right over here next to the Missions Cafe. You could drop off your form. Drop those forms off. We'll get you connected. We'll get you in groups. And starting the, not this week, but the following week, we're going to start to get these groups launched. God bless you today as you go. Save any conversations you have for the foyer. If you need prayer, feel free to come forward. We'll see you Wednesday night for prayer meeting and next Sunday morning for our special service for service celebration.